What's going on guys? It's Madman Plant. I am at Hydroculture with Gats from Appalachian Supply. I just had a blast taking this class and if you haven't taken the class, you need to take one, especially if it's held here at Hydroculture, which is my go-to shop. Welcome Gats. Nice to meet you, man, man. Welcome. Thank you so much for taking your time to teach the classes and really take time with the community. Oh, it's been my pleasure. I love connecting with everybody around here and, and especially imparting the knowledge that I have. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest aspect is knowledge, sharing that with people and making sure people are informative because with bro science and everything out in the world, it's very difficult to navigate sometimes. Would you agree? Definitely. So you have an exciting story. So let's start with first how you got started with Appalachian Supply and how that all went down. Well, I got my, st my start right out of the military. I started growing in an apartment. And then from there, um, I met a few people and ended up on a farm in uh, Calaveras County, California. Um, grew there for about five years commercially outdoors. We had 100 plants and greenhouses, three greenhouses. Oh, wow. And these plants would get huge. These would be like maybe 12, 14 foot plants, um, probably 10 feet around and very, very impressive looking plants. And, and um, the grower was a master grower. He had been around a long time, originally got his start growing for the Hells Angels and everything. Oh, wow. it, was it was pretty wild. And um, the farm ended up burning down in the fires of 2017. And uh, the insurance settlement uh, came in and I ended up making the transition to Washington, D.C. in 2017, uh, where I, I started um, with the pop-up scene and, and eventually with, um, <clears throat> with growing in the city. Yeah. My goal was to empower people um, and, and allow them to make um, viable crops so they could, you know, basically make money for themselves. Yeah. Or at least subsidize their their income. Yeah, and as um, somebody that hasn't been growing that long, I've personally been growing for about two years. Soil is the first medium that I ever tried, and I, I would you agree that that's probably where you should start if you're a new grower to any type of plant is Absolutely. soil. Absolutely, yeah, that's how nature does it. There's yeah, no, there, I, in my mind, there's no other way to grow. Yeah, and I think the one of the benefits too is with soil, you have more of a leniency and you don't have to worry about factors like pH mm -hmm. or, you know, correct like feeding schedules and stuff mm -hmm. like that. There's there's not necessarily a dependency on the nutrient as it is the plant living its natural life. It's definitely a lot less variables and it gives you a lot more time to focus on your environment. Yeah. And dial in your environment. See, with, with living organic soil, Let's say you're hunting phenos, and if you're in hydro, you might not nail it on the first run. But if you're hunting in a living soil, it's like the plant has a buffet of food. And with that buffet of food, it can express itself its natural way, not the way that you expressed it. And so in my mind, the only way to hunt phenos is in living soil so you can get their natural expression. And from there, you can move them to whatever system you want to. But you can't do it any other way. And, um, and with living soil, like, like I said, it's a buffet for the plant. So you never really have to worry about that as a variable. Now you just are worrying, does it have enough light? Is the humidity correct? Yep. Is the temperature correct? You know, and that's about it, you know? So 
<clears throat> yeah. Which I think is the argument of environment is probably your most important tool if, versus a light or a fan or any other piece of equipment. It's really environment. Yes. If, if you have a proper environment, you it's kind of like being able to cheat a little bit. If you don't have the best light and you have a great environment, you can still have great results. You sure can. Yeah. So I got a list of questions that I had prepared, provide some great insight to the community. One of them is, um, can you explain the concept of microbial biodiversity and its importance in living soil? You really want a, a vast array of microbes. Um, each one is going to affect uh, the plant and stress the plant in a different way, which is going to express the terpenes a little bit differently. You need... Um, you need um, these microbes, you need a, a large colony of these microbes to help buffer your pH and allow the nutrition to be absorbed by the plants because what happens is, is the microbes feed off the blood mill and the bone mill and the things that are currently in your soil and then they excrete an enzyme and that enzyme is soaked up by the roots and that's how the, the plant eats. So if you have less microbes, you have less nutrition available to the plant. And so it's really important to have as much as you can, you can possibly have. And the best way to do that is to never allow your soil to dry. Because every time that your soil dries, it's going to shift your pH because the micro colonies are going to be dying off. And it takes about two weeks for those colonies to bounce back. Yeah, and that's the whole concept of the living. So it is alive inside. Like an ant farm. Yeah. 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 And I think you hit the nail on the head. You said that in your class too, is, you know, um, those who are very successful, maybe even better growers than I am, these people don't mess up. They are focused on every single key and it's a repetitive factor the exact same way, the exact same time. So it's really consistency yes. also is a factor with that biodiversity. Absolutely. Yes. Perfect. All right. So to move on can living soil be used in indoor and outdoor operations uh, it can be used in indoor outdoor greenhouses in any way you can think you don't need a large bed you can use living soil i think the the smallest you can go is maybe a 10 gallon to create a rhizosphere and with that 10 gallon you can put a cover crop down you can have your worms in there spring tails and introduce any other bugs that you think might be beneficial have a nematode colony so you don't have any gnats going on or any pests um, but you can go as small as a 10 gallon pot and and honestly i have the best success at four by eight beds four by eight yes four by eight is a large enough size where you can really create an entire environment oh wow a micro climate uh, a four by four, sometimes when you have four plants in a four by four, it will dry out a little quicker. And so I noticed that the four by eight really keeps the moisture in all day long and you're going to have that much better success. Fantastic. Yeah, and I think too is um, I have not personally done a living bed, but the idea of bugs, let's jump on that real quick. If you do have a living bed, yeah. what would you say some of the most beneficial insects or bugs that you could be putting into your garden would be? Spiders. I like spiders a lot. What type of spiders? Um, it doesn't really matter what spiders. Uh, wolf spiders are great. I would say it doesn't, whatever you have available in your natural environment, just go outside and hunt a couple spiders and you can place them at the base of your, of your, of your plant. And it should, it should hang out if it likes it there. Um, especially if you've got uh, a mite issue. Um, if you have, um, um, 
a worm issue, a bud, a bud worm issue. Spiders are very good at taking care of those things. Um, when it's on the base, everything has to climb up the stem. So if your spider's on the stem, it's not gonna pass up a meal. Yeah, no, absolutely. <clears throat> so my favorite are spiders. I love predator mites. Uh, Andersoni mites are some of my favorite. Um, I use them every single cycle during the last eight weeks of flower. Um, I do them bi-weekly. I do sachets, and I also do um, the actual live predator mites. Other than that, um, I don't really do ladybugs. Ladybugs, um, they leave poo everywhere. <laughs> and so, and then they also, their carcasses end up everywhere and you have to clean them. Um, <clears throat> so I don't use ladybugs. Praying mantises are cool, but you know, it's kind of a big bug and it doesn't really get around too much. That's about it, really. That's all I, all I, I really look for. Everything else naturally comes in the soil, like the springtails, the centipedes, the, all those things are naturally in the soil, so I don't really add those. But but as far as like predators to take care of of pests, pretty much spiders, pirates, and uh, and Andersoni mites are, are my go-to. So I'm sure a lot of people ask the question: <clears throat> When you put the bugs in the tent, do they ever wind up outside the tent, or are they pretty much happy enough that they stay there? Because you're thinking about, oh man, I have an apartment. I don't want to get an infestation of bugs because I'm trying mm -hmm. to protect my garden. Uh huh. Well, your soil gnats will go everywhere. That's for sure. Yes. Yeah. But, they'll fly throughout the house. But as far as the other stuff, I've never noticed uh, an issue except for white flies. I haven't noticed an issue with bugs leaving um, leaving the tent. So having an organic environment in your bedroom is perfectly acceptable. You shouldn't have too many issues at all. How does living soil compare to hydroponic growing methods in terms of yield and potency? Mm. Okay, so yield, you may get more yield in hydro because almost look at it like a GNC. Hydro is like shopping at GNC. And so you might get uh, more defined muscles you may take some creatine and get some water weight mm -hmm. over your muscles to make you look buff you may not be as strong as a power lifter that has a, a thousand or a ten thousand calorie diet that lifts weights all day long and doesn't really care about the gnc inputs yeah and so the way i would look at this is like Hydro is going to get you a smellier and larger plant, but it's less, it's less substance there. When you have a fully developed organic plant, your resins and compounds and everything are going to be that much more potent. Maybe the, the smell isn't as strong. It usually is, but sometimes it's not. And that organic bud, the high is going to last tremendously longer and that's where the difference is 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 to newer smokers hydro seems better because they don't really notice because they get high no matter what but once you've been smoking a while um you can tell the difference between hydro and organic with how long it lasts what are the some of the key factors that your living soil is working for you okay so <clears throat> if living soil is working <clears throat> excuse me if living soil is working uh, optimally your plant should be expressed perfectly there should be no deficiency your stem should be solid green there should be no stress in the plant and it should grow quick 
It shouldn't be too much of a delay. You should barely be able to keep up with the speed it's growing, maybe like six weeks of veg. And you might even like at this point, sometimes I'm finishing week seven and eight. As when I first started growing, it would take me 10 weeks for the same exact strain. Yeah. And so <clears throat> when your beds are on fire, you really don't need to do much but give it water. And that's how you know it's working effectively. If you're starting to get issues like week or um, year two or three of your living soil bed, um, you just have to amend. And the easiest way to do that is to send a soil sample of your original soil before you used anything up. Like, so an unused amount of soil and then send your sample to the lab and ask them to correct it to that original sample. And it'll cost you about 80 bucks. And then you can make yourself amendment to go in and, and refix the bed. It's nothing to stress about. It'll take you a week or two. So it's a pretty quick process. It is not something that people need to be worried about. This Mm -hmm. is not something that's the end of end. No, you don't have to replace the thing. You just add more on top. I haven't changed my soil in my beds in over seven years. Fantastic. And you know, it's funny. I actually have a video called how to reuse your soil on YouTube, where I show people about like the 50, 50 mix. So you take 50% old and 50% new cycle mm-hmm. through. And I usually add some worm castings and then you water it and then you start, you know, your, mm-hmm. your process and everything like that. And it's great because, you know, soil is expensive. You know what I mean? And if you're working on a budget and you, you know, you need this, this is a great way for you never to essentially have to buy as much soil in the future. Mm -hmm. No, that's fantastic. All right. Yeah. Soil never wears out. It's always good. Well, you know, and that's kind of the question I get is how long does it last? How long is it good for? And like you talk about, this is a microbial life. So this is a living organism. So Mm -hmm. the only way it dies is dehydration. That's right. Yeah. How does the use of living soil impact environmental and sustainability of cannabis cultivation? Well, okay. That's a great question. I think that hydro and synthetic growing is not sustainable. I think that the moment that that um, they like, they could raise the price on you. Um, they could they could do any number of things. So you have no control over your own grow. They could go out of business and now all of a sudden you have to find an entirely new method of growing. And, and also the waste. They have plastic bottles. You have the diesel fuel to ship these bottles. And um, and I just think it's not a sustainable way for humans to be growing, especially if you were to scale it up. Um, you know, you're talking about 155 gallon drums of these chemicals and yeah, stuff. It's a lot of waste. And really, the FDA hasn't hasn't really looked at it. So I think a lot of there's a lot of issues with synthetic. You see a lot of Parkinson's cases, and so really, organic is the only sustainable way to grow. And and on top of that. <clears throat> You can grow organically anywhere with the materials you have available at your fingertips. You don't need very much. And so <clears throat> so I think the reason that, that hydro and synthetics are so popular is because they spend so much marketing money getting to you. As far as organic, you have to do the research on your own and nobody's there to have to sell you dirt. You know, yeah, you can yeah, pretty exactly. much get dirt. And so, <clears throat> so yeah, I don't think there's a push for organic but really organic is the only way to grow like and i spe- especially i believe permaculture like the native americans is is how we will fix the planet 
Well, if you think about it, I mean, for millions of years, we've been growing from the ground, right? Mm -hmm. Hydro, all these systems. This is relatively still new technology, yes. new things that are hitting the market, right? So it's kind of like, it seems like almost like, why do we want to forget tradition just to replace it with something that maybe, like you said, you maybe experience some bigger buzz, maybe a quicker turnaround time, but in the overall end result, it almost sounds kind of like you're cheating yourself in the true processes that the plant is taking, the stresses that you uh, manually input, and the things that you're doing to actually affect terpene profiles and the overall plant. Mm -hmm. Would you agree? I would agree, yeah. Definitely. How can you use compost teas and other organic amendments to enhance the living soil ecosystem? Sure. So if you're if you're running low on something, I would I would recommend a compost tea is the easiest way to get it back in there. So let's say you're running low on uh, nitrogen, then obviously do a fish emulsion and a, and a, maybe some worm castings and stuff to get some micronutrients and microbiology in there. Like the reason you'd want to is if your if your bed's dried out before a cycle, maybe you flip the flower and you want an extra an extra amount of something. And so compost teas are great. You can do them almost daily if you wanted to. They're dirt cheap. You just mix them in water and an air stone in a in a bucket and and you have something. Yeah. So, yeah, compost teas are great. You can use them anytime you want. And can you explain the role of beneficial fungi in living soil and how it benefits cannabis plants? So the funguses really break down the carbon and um, and provide um, an environment basically food for the bacteria. And so when you have beneficial funguses surrounding your root, your rhizosphere, it's really keeping out some of the bad, the bad funguses yeah. and, and the bad bacteria. And so it's almost like a force shield for your root system. That's how I would describe it. All right, guys, so our audio got cut out. So it's gonna sound a little bit different going on. My batteries died, I do apologize. But to wrap things up, there is a more serious message of what's going on with you, your story. And I want you to bring light about that because a lot of people think that they're safe in Virginia when it comes to cannabis. And we couldn't be further from that. Is that true? It's very true. Yeah, there's a war going on right now against us, just the little guys. And what's going on, the only reason that, that weed has been legalized in Virginia is because the Attorney General of Virginia said that that they were losing tax revenue because Virginia citizens were less competitive in the national job market. We weren't getting federal jobs because of cannabis charges and it was affecting our, our overall growth as individuals so we couldn't earn the state more tax revenue. And that's the only reason that weed has been legalized. There was an op-ed in the Richmond Times that, that the Attorney General wrote when legalization happened and that is the reason that the Attorney General pushed for legalization. And so we should not be fooled into thinking that they care about our rights. They don't care about our rights. Actually, they're moving in now to take our rights away. They gave us a little bit just to take a little bit away. So now that we're all lulled into being happy and we think we won, they're now starting to rein back the things that they gave to us. So originally in California and in Canada, they gave them 12 plants. Well, Canada's down to four plants and California's down to two plants or four plants at this point. 
and Virginia only, you can have two plants in flower and two plants in veg. So you technically you can only flower two plants here. And so what can you even do with two plants? I, I don't even think two, a plant would last me a month. And yeah. it, takes, it takes a third of a year to grow the yeah. plant. And so that's not a sustainable amount for myself, just as a, as a recreational user. And so the key is here is they want to limit our personal production to force us to go to the businesses owned by Philip Morris and Marlboro and these other large cigarette companies. And what I've already noticed in the inner cities of inner parts of DC is they're pulling cigarettes off the shelf at this point, and they're going to start replacing them with marijuana cigarettes. So that's the key is they're now buying all the production land and they're going to outlaw small scale farming. So there's no competition and people like me, they're going to send to jail. So there is no, there is no place for an independent person to be able to produce their own uh, flour and be able to market it on their own, maybe per se, like at the end of the, the driveway, like tomato plants or oranges or, or anything like that. And, and, and at the base of it, this is a plant. The only reason they want to regulate it is because these politicians are so lazy that they can't make a job for themselves. So they want to take an extra cut from us. And so this is a medicine. It heals people. Yeah. And what they're doing in, in the companies like Marlboro and Philip Morris, they just want to sell you a cigarette, yeah. a marijuana cigarette or something like that. And it's going to be synthetically produced. It's going to give you Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. And there is no care for it. There is no organicness. Um, and, <clears throat> and what's going to happen is, is they're going to outlaw organic gardening altogether. They've already started regulating soils by things like heavy metals and stuff in the soil. In reality, when you actually water the soil and use the soil, the plant filters out the heavy metals. So when you go get the plant tested, it doesn't have any heavy metals in it. But if you test the soil, it might say heavy metals in it. And so they're using these little nuances to ban organic gardening. So you can't get organic soil in the stores, or if you can, it's only from huge corporations like Miracle Grow, or or um, yeah, Miracle Grow. They Scotts Scotts owns half of the weed industry at this point. Like they own Fox Farm, they own Miracle Grow. Uh, I don't know if they own ProMix yet, but they own most of these companies already. And so they're trying to bully people like me, who I own my own soil company. They, they want to bully me out of the industry. Yeah. If I was to get an honor certification on this bag, it would cost me several thousand dollars a year. And my overhead is too much for that at this point. I'm basically a one-man band. Yeah. And so to get my business off the ground, it's, <clears throat> it's near impossible to stay competitive. And so it's very important for us as a community that we look at who manufactures these products for us and we don't support the companies that don't support us. These companies like Scott's and stuff, they're owned by hedge funds and those hedge funds are the same hedge funds that own the cigarette companies that own the pharmaceutical companies. Yeah. So it's all interconnected. And what they're going to do, they're going to lock people like us away and throw away the key and we will never be heard from again. And that's what they're doing to me right now. They've arrested me from an illegal search and they've, they've contrived a story about me saying that I'm a drug dealer and that I need to be taken off the streets 
because I jeopardized the safety of our community. They brought up things like fentanyl when they talked to me. They said, this is a wake-up call for me. They didn't realize that I'm one of the best in my in my profession. Yeah. You know, they took no consideration that this is my life. This is what I have invested myself into. And I've never heard a person doing it. Yeah. I pay my taxes. And if they lock me up for five years, they lose more money because I pay taxes with my soil company. So locking me up is going to cost the state more money. So there is no logic here. Well, not only that, but your soil is not just for <clears throat> cannabis. It's for everything. It is for everything. And, you know... And I think that, you know, to jump into this, you know, I think that is the problem with the stigma of marijuana. It's like, oh, it leads to harder drugs. Like, well, not many weed growers that I know are fentanyl growers as well. You right. know what I mean? And the average statistic, every one out of a hundred cannabis users does something other than cannabis. Most people are satisfied with cannabis mm -hmm. and find it as the healing, the medication, the relief that they need to make themselves better. Yes. But I think, I guess my thing is, since you know a lot about this, right? What would be the purpose of trying to remove something? Like you have craft beer, right? Mm -hmm. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. Yes. Politicians love beer, right? Yeah. Well, why can't we just get on board and realize that it is no different in this fact that it is not only safer, but it doesn't cause liver failure. It doesn't cause drunk driving accidents. All these things that are focused on this one plant, and yet this plant still today, I don't think has a body count like caffeine. Right. Or chocolate. Right. Or, you know, the one number one killer, which is heart disease. But yet, we're going to focus all of our energy and putting people like you, who are only making soil, right. away behind bars to set an example for what, for what world. So we can have some standardized form of marijuana that has no flavor, no taste, no thought, no input, and just be force-fed whatever they want. But all the money is going to go to one person, and that's all they want. They want it to go to one person. So what are your actions? How can we help you as a community? How can we raise awareness? What can we do to tell your story to make sure that if anything does happen, people know? Right, so I'm, I'm, I'm not special. I'm one in a million. Yeah. There's a million growers just like me suffering, just like me. And what you can do is you can support your local grower, your local craft grower. If they grow fire, and even if they grow decently, Keep supporting them so they can get the equipment they need and get the support they need so they can keep growing better and better. And before you know it, you'll have the best weed in your local community right next to you. And so support people that have the dream. That's the best thing to do. Me personally, you can go to my GoFundMe that you can find on my Instagram and you can support me for my, my attorney fees and everything like that. And anything extra I'm gonna donate. But but I wouldn't say that I'm special. I think that we just need to have our, our eyes open to the fact that there's a million other growers that support their own community in their own way. And we're all being, we're all being discriminated against. We're not allowed to bank. I'm banned on Cash App and Venmo, which means I can't use Facebook. I can't use Squarespace. I can't use Square Reader. I can't use all these different programs. I'm shadow banned from most economic things. And so, and I'm sure everybody else that does what I do is as well. And so, and I just sell soil. I just sell soil. 
Yeah. But, but so, it's four weeks, so all of a sudden I'm the enemy of the state. And it just is, it, what you can do is support your local grower. That's the best thing to do. Yeah, your local grower. Are there anything, are there any um, government form pages or anything that people want to read more about what's truly going on with the laws and what they should do as far as sending letters or petitioning? Is there a website that we can visit? You know, I don't think there's a website in particular okay. worth visiting. I would say stay away from normal because normal is controlled opposition by the hedge funds. Let's have. talk about that real quick because a lot of people love normal, but yeah. I don't think people <clears throat> truly understand what normal stands for. Can you explain? I don't know what it stands for, but what it does is siphon away grassroots money from causes that actually could be tackled. And so they're taking money from the weed industry and or the weed community, and they're dispersing it in a way that's not effective. They're trying to water down our defenses, is what it is. Normal is not an organic movement, and they don't do anything for us. So, so not donating, it's like the NRA for guns. They don't do anything for guns. So it's like, they're just sucking up our money. So the best thing you can do is talk to your local district senator, your state senator. That's the best thing to do. Go and go and be friends with them. Be friendly with them. Um, invite them to events. If you if you have a business or something, you know, maybe donate to their campaign so they know who you are. And then when the time comes, drop the drop the seed in their head that hey, we are being discriminated against, and if you want to continue my support, you have to do this because that's what these corporations do. They wine and dine the senators. And then they say, okay, we have to do this. So why can't we as citizens do that? Well, I think that's a perfect way. I mean, if, you know, if they can schmooze, so can we. And I think, honestly, even it's not even really schmoozing. It's, it's saying, hey, you know, this isn't as dark and as evil as you think. Come visit us. Come check us out. Come see all the smiling faces. Like today, you had a great demographic of class. You had people young, old, white, black, whatever. Yeah. And, it, and it's the basis that gardening is for everybody. It is. And it's about life and creation and biology and science and learning and understanding cell development and all these different things that ultimately you can dive down this rabbit hole and spend your whole life mastering. But people look at it as taboo. Mm -hmm. But yet it's a further form of education. Yes. Yes, it's it's a well, it's a part of your life. Like growing your own food is life. Yeah, going to the grocery store is kind of odd, don't you think? Like gardening is is a is just like breathing. It's just like walking. It should be an everyday part of your life. I think. All right, guys. Well, I really appreciate your story, your time teaching these classes. And one of the things that you guys need to know is he doesn't charge for his classes. This is information that he wants out there just in case of one day yeah. he's no longer around. And that's why people like him, make sure, and I'll put the links below, but follow his Instagram, follow him, and make sure you're aware. Because the biggest thing is you don't want to just assume. And being assuming is like bro science. It doesn't exist. It's not real. So really take the time to learn from people like this who are truly involved with situations and scenarios that are way beyond us. Would you agree? Definitely. Perfect. Well, thank I'm you, sir, for coming thank on. Thank you so much for having me. Gats, it was a pleasure. Make sure you support Appalachian Supply Company. Get your bag of Apsu soil like I'm going to get today, and I'll be putting that in my garden. And we'll see you guys next time at that man plant. Thanks for watching.